Hello, everybody. It's your host, Jack Healy. And today on the Gotham Sports Machine, we're talking New York basketball with my co-host, Mark Healy, and our guest, Justin Fensterman, the senior NBA analyst for FantasyAlarm.com and the host of Alarm After Hours on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. How are you doing today, Justin? It's so strange with football starting out and now basketball right around the corner. It's always a great time to be a sports fan, and it's great being back with you guys, the Heels guys. Sure is great. It's great talking to you again, Justin. And after that summer league, it's like gave you that little, little uh, excitement that coming from the NBA there. It's like we're not that far away, only a few months. And all these rookies look really good. This draft class could not have been better for New York. Looks like the Knicks got a few studs and it looks like even the Nets got a stud late in that first round in Cam Thomas. Think the rookie class is sure looking strong this year. Yeah, I mean, what two of the players that I mean, we obviously have to boast about a little bit, and we got to pump the brakes. It is summer league after all. You know, this is a league that Nate Robinson, I believe, one time won the MVP of. But at the same time, Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes, it was good seeing them. What the Knicks need, and number one, they got their shooters, and I was not a huge, and I'm sure we'll get into some of what the Knicks did when it came to Fournier. Not only did the Knicks need shooting, as we've discussed before, but they need guys that are going to be able to attack the basket. And one of the things that I think really prohibited them from having a complete offense in that Atlanta series was they were relying on Julius Randle just trying to get his way to the basket, bully his way to the basket, and draw contact. And when Atlanta bottled him up, the Knicks didn't really have another answer or another driver outside of Derrick Rose. And I remember sitting there being like, someone's got to cut to the basket so the defense spreads out a little bit when it came to the paint. So seeing guys like Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes drive a little bit and the ups that they have makes me very encouraged. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Well, you know, look, I, I like... I, I always defer to Jack when it comes to the young guys coming out of the draft because Jack is really an expert uh, when it comes to that stuff. For me, I look at the veterans that they brought in. I looked at the subtractions. Uh, you know, I, you guys are going to say I'm nuts. and Jack and I argue about this stuff all the time. Um, as happy as I am about Kemba Walker, I, I, I'm a little, I, I don't know, I'm a little annoyed with Tibbs that he kind of just threw Nilakina you know, look, I know Frank is you know, certainly not the player that we thought he was going to be, but I kind of liked what he brought to the table. And I feel like he should have he should have fit in <laughs> to to Nilakina's, you know, program. So I was a little like I was a little, I guess, annoyed that he's not on the team anymore. But as Jack is clearly showing he doesn't really care for my opinion on that <laughs> i think he i think he cares about your opinion heels i mean i'm sure he cares a lot but uh, he gave you a reaction it's better than no reaction at all right i believe that any professional wrestling fan would agree there but to go back to frankie smokes here was the problem <laughs> excellent defender very good at anticipating getting screened out at one point was one of the best defenders off the pick and roll from the offense. But the problem is with the way the Knicks were built, the Knicks were not that 
team with a bunch of puzzle pieces that Frank Tilakina would be a good piece for. They needed him to actually be able to do work, and he really didn't get it done on the offensive side of the ball. And that was a product of the Knicks not really having reliable guards for the last number of years. So what they did here is they traded some defense here for a whole lot of offense. Now, can Kemba stay healthy? We'll have to wait and see, but it's not that much of a commitment. And I was very happy about this. And guys, we might as well go into this right now. It really pissed me off when they signed Evan Fournier to $80 million. I know it's not coming out of my personal accounts or anything like that, but it insulted me as a lifelong Knicks fan. I'm like, wow, this team just were a top four seed in the East unexpectedly. This is who they get? Evan Fournier? And I know the stats work in his favor, but watching Evan Fournier throughout his career, I really didn't like that. This Kemba signing balances that out for me because they're both there and now the Knicks have multiple shooting options and they don't have to be as reliant on RJ Barrett. He can figure his stuff out because in the playoffs we saw him disappear. I actually like what they have now, but if they did not get Kemba, you would see me a very, very angry Knicks fan. And how can you be happy going into a season with Evan Fournier as your number two? At least you get Kemba that solves the guard problem. I'm going to touch on a little bit of everything here because I I agree with some points, but I mean, I'm going to have to completely d- disagree with Frank Nielakina because I, I, <laughs> I, lo- I love the kid and he was like, he seemed like a New York guy, like he could have fit in, but he just was not good. He couldn't score at all. He, he found a touch and then lost it the next game. And the one thing they asked him to do was play defense. Yeah, they brought him in at the end of the game. It was one possession he was on the bench all game but Trey Young made him look like a clown he was dancing like you had one job to play defense and you couldn't even do that uh, his time in New York was done maybe he could get a refresh somewhere else but if quickly has shown you anything is that having a competent offensive game in this NBA is a little more valuable than having a competent defender even Great. more than a competent defender Frank Nielakin was a very good defender like he just was not what the Knicks needed at point guard. Even coming off the bench as a point guard, he just wasn't it. And the Kemba Walker signing, it was huge. Not only to get him, to get him for the money, and to get him for two years. I mean, how long have we been looking for a point guard? And yes, Derrick Rose is great, but he wasn't our answer to be our starting point guard because he's coming off the bench. He's the guy that you want coming in after your starting point guard to keep things running. So when you get a guy like Kemba Walker for dirt cheap, a New York kid, I mean, you did say it does make the Evan. I never hated the Evan Fournier signing, but I agree with you that it makes it a lot more reasonable that you're going to get him as not like your number two, definite number two, more as like a two, three guy to pair along with Kemba Walker. So when you put it like that, it obviously – it doesn't hurt as much when you're going to tell me it costs $99 million to get those two guys. And I think 80 of it was going to go to Evan Fournier, but it's, it's, it's reasonable. It's reasonable to me. Yes, it is. And it just shows that Julius Randall does not have to be the guy every single night. 
And I like that. And it's no disrespect to RJ Barrett. And the good thing about this Knicks team is, and this is something we haven't been able to say about the Knicks in many years since Mike Woodson coached the team about eight years ago, was that this team actually has a few defenders on the team. They pretty much forfeited that over the last number of years. Now with Tibbs and the way he's been rolling, you see these guys defending and that was really big. And they were one of the top, if not the top defensive team in the league, arguable top two. And so they've got the defenders, but they needed that offense. I just, I did not want their offense relying on Evan Fournier and a proposed fantasy Damian Lillard trade. The last time I was with you guys, we argued about whether or not Damian Lillard would be the answer or not, and how much the Knicks would have to trade in order to get him. Now, instead here, they got Derrick Rose for $45 million. Okay, they're paying him to now in a more reduced and controlled role. They don't need him to be the guy. And they're paying under $20 mil to Kemba Walker. That's a steal right there. And I know what's going to happen. I know if Kemba has a dominant year, he's going to be looking for extension. So you know what? Give it to him because this guy just a few years ago was one of the best and most sought out guards. So that right there is a gift that landed in the Knicks lap and they're going to be feeling it. My one issue now is doesn't really solve the center problem because the Nerlens Noel signing doesn't excite me too much. Mitchell Robinson's health really can't be trusted right now. You know, and when I think about, and I, you know, it's going to be interesting. You're right. Uh, that is going to be an interesting question for the Knicks to answer. I love Mitch Robinson. Uh, I, I hope the guy uh, can stay healthy. He's so um, raw heels, heels. You remember I, I know, the nineties but... heels. He's so <laughs> raw. You remember having Patrick Ewing. You remember seeing players that could post up to the basket, even though Kurt Thomas was undersized in the two thousands, you knew he had the fundamentals. I just feel like we've left Mitchell Robinson on the grill. He's not cooking heels. You know what, though? I, I, I was not a huge Ewing guy. I don't know if you knew that about me. I didn't I, know I was, that. I might hang up on you right no, now. No, <laughs> I was not. Look, I I hated him in college. But when the Knicks won that draft, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to have to grow to love the guy. But I thought we were going to get like this tenacious defender, you know, this shot blocker, this guy who was going to just control the paint. And instead, we got Bob Lanier. You know, we got this. <laughs> You know, good, I mean, that's what he I mean, Bob Lanier is a Hall of Famer, but he was a, he was a touch guy. He was like, a, you know, like a he's not an animal around the basket. He was no Hakeem Olajuwon. He, you know, I, I just was I was let's put it this way. I will tell you that Ewing was a warrior. You know, he gave it his all. He played all the time. Uh, I probably love him now if he was a Nick. But back then. It's not that I hated him or booed him or anything like that, Justin. I just wasn't a huge, I just wasn't a, he wasn't my kind of player. You know, he wasn't a Buck Williams, you know, he wasn't a, um, you know, I can't, you know, I just can't think of somebody off the don't, top of my head. Don't say Kevin Duckworth, please. Oh, no, no, no. Terrible. Uh, no, I was, you know, I, I probably was more of a Robert Parrish guy. Uh, okay. You know, that kind of a player, you know, more of a lunch pail guy, guy who, you know, took that lunch pail, you know, to a bunch of all-star games and a bunch of titles. Um, I, I, I just wasn't a huge fan. Um, and so I can live with a raw center, you know, if he allows himself to be molded, if he stays healthy, you know, who knows, but at the end of the day, you know, to me, um, and I want to switch gears to the nets here for a second. Um, 
you know, it, I, it kills me that they have a guy like D'Antoni running their offense, who I love. Uh, it kills me that, uh, as Jack mentioned before, how good they did oh, in the he's draft. Out. He's out in Brooklyn. Oh, he's not? Oh, there yeah, you go. Out. Well, see, there you go. That's why Jack is the host and I am only the co-host. Um, but anyway, I, I, I really hate the fact that, you know, they're so good at talent evaluation. And, and let's talk about Patty Mills. I mean, that was a huge pickup for the Nets. I mean, it allows them for some flexibility if Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, gets all sensitive again or, you know, gets, you know, gets another injury uh, or needs some personal space time where he can, you know, um, you know, do his little mantra thing. Uh, but Patty Mills was a good pickup for the Nets. Yeah. Yes, he was. However, I don't want to forget about this is that the Nets have a lot of players that can run the point. This isn't like the deal with San Antonio where some guys were strict twos. The Nets have a lot of guys, even at forward that can run the point. You got Kevin Durant there. He can absolutely run the point if needed. You've got Harden there. You've seen him literally professionally run the point. I mean, they even have James Johnson on this team who has a forward can also run the point. So yes, Patty Mills can be excellent, but he's only going in there to hit a few shots. I don't think that at least at the start and for now, he's going to have that same exact carved out role as he did when he was on the Spurs. I just think with this Nets team and being how top heavy they are, those guys are going to all log a lot of minutes and they, the Nets have a lot of players that are combo guards. So I feel like Patty Mills will have his time to be able to hit shots, but they got a lot of other guards too. I don't know how they're going to rotate them in and out. Well, we're talking about, we were talking about the Knicks centers before the Nets center situation. I feel is a lot more concerning to me. I don't know if you saw this earlier today, but they, they're probably going to buy out DeAndre Jordan. He's not coming back. And the only other guy they have is Nick Claxton, the young kid. He was, he did look good. But are they really going to run him at center? Or are they just going to maybe KD? Or are they going to keep Blake there? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're going to have to keep Blake there on defense, unfortunately. I mean, that's that's a problem that they're going to have as well. And we saw it with the Nets. And if they end up getting hurt again, they're not going to win any title. That's the problem. Everyone wants to see this team win that title. But, I mean, looking at the Blake. Everybody, Blake, Justin? Everybody? Not you me. You know what? You know what? All, I feel like a lot of the New York fans are trying – not everybody, no. Heels, let me ask you, are you – since they've come in, are you more supportive of the Nets now taking away old allegiances to the Knicks? Um, no. Uh, I, I – what? rephrase that again. I've so pretty much what I'm it. asking is since the Nets have come into – come to right. Brooklyn. Yes. Do you, do you feel that a lot of New Yorkers – have flocked to the Nets or at least have supported the Nets and now support both teams, meaning the allegiance to the Knicks is a lot less than it was before, what, 2012? That's a question. That's more of a question for Jack because, uh, you know, most of the people I know are Nick fans and hate the Nets and okay. always say, you know, or I think they, they were always kind of indifferent about the Nets. Like when Jason Kidd was in, when, when the Nets were in New Jersey and Jason sure. Kidd was playing the Lakers in the, in the, in the playoffs, uh, you know, in the, in, in the, in the, in the finals, I think there were Nick fans that were probably rooting for the Nets. I think most hardcore Nick fans hate the Nets now. I mean, Jack, what do you think? Do you think that guys are rooting for both? And I'm a Durant guy. I was always a Durant guy and Jack used to make fun of me 
but you know, I, my God, just his whole demeanor about, hmm. I don't want to be a savior of the Knicks. Well, go, go, go to Brooklyn. And, hey, and Heels, have you hey, Heels, if you have any exchanges with Kevin Durant on social media, no, no, he no, will I get won't. back no, to you. I know, <laughs> I know he will, but no, I, you know what it is? He's a great player. There's no question. But I didn't know he was such a delicate genius. Oh, uh, he's time. not as bad as Kyrie, uh, who is insufferable. But, um, you know, and, and I, I will say this, you know, Jack, Jack turned me around on on Harden because I was down on Harden. I was down on Harden for a long time. But I got to say, you know, the, the guy that played in Brooklyn last year, I could root for that guy. But I just hate the Nets, so I'm not I'm not rooting for him. But what do you he think, carried- Jack? Do you think? Do you think that um, do you think that that what Justin's saying is true? I think that it's no, I, like, yeah, but no, because with all my like me and all my friends are Nick fans. And for the longest time, no, we know we just talked about basketball. But now the net fans are starting to pop out here and there talking their trash. And all of a sudden now it's a rivalry. And. We hate the Nets. They hate the Knicks. And every time we play, it's going to be, oh, well, we beat you. Oh, we beat you. We don't care if it's regular season. We don't care if right. it's preseason. And that's it's the way it should be. Yep. And that's the way it should be. I feel this. like to really incite the rivalry, though, they need a series against each other. And, oh. and a series that's oh. somewhat competitive because we and saw it in 04, the Nets swept the Knicks. That did nothing for any kind of crosstown rivalry. Now, with everybody being right there, I feel like they need a series against each other and a hard-fought series to get this rivalry going. Yeah, and, a physical one, a physical one. And Absolutely. to what Jack was saying, yeah, I'm seeing the Nets fans start to pop out a ton more. And that's why I was wondering, especially with people, I mean, I'm old as hell. I can only imagine heels, big heels, how old you are now. Jack's, though, still in the youth in his prime. So that's why I was very interested what Jack thought there about the support of the Nets, because here's the deal. This Nets team overall, while they do have a lot of guards, they're still very top-heavy. They lose one of their big three, they've got an issue. Now look at the Knicks built. The Knicks don't have that kind of flashy talent on their team. But they lose someone, they've got some depth at least behind them. And that's something the Nets, especially up front, are missing. Mm -hmm. I I think you're missing it a lot because the Knicks' biggest loss in the offseason was Reggie Bullock. And I think they negated it. Not uh, we're not going to see how much, but with that draft of drafting of Quentin Grimes, because he's shown he's got a jumper and he adds the Knicks offense because he can cut, he can drive, and he's got a mid range and he can do everything. He's got an all round game. Whereas Reggie Bullock would go four for eight and all his shots were three pointers. All that guy was doing was spotting up for three. Was he? Yeah, he was a great three point shooter. Shot forty percent, hit like a one hundred fifty threes last year. He was huge last year. But Jack, if I can ask you your thoughts on this, then being that the whole, you know, rap with Tibbs is he doesn't play his rookies. He doesn't play his rookies. And then we see last year that he gave quickly some love at times. Do you feel that going into this year after what we saw with how he was with quickly, not as much with Obi Toppin, but with quickly, do you feel like Grimes has a shot at at least getting 15 minutes in his mostly tight rotation? I think he's going to get minutes because he's a defensive guy too. So as much as he's a shooter, he's also going to be torturing wings on the perimeter. So I think Tibbs is going to love him. And that's also why I think he's going to love – I think this bench is going to be really young. 
and it's going to be young defensive guys, and it's going to be exciting to watch between Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes. I don't know how much we're going to see the big man that, that was doing really good, Jericho Sims. I don't know how much we're going to see him. But even he, he those bounce, those dunks, he's exciting. All these guys are exciting. They could do it all, and, they, and especially they could play defense, which is going to get them time with Tibbs. So I'm, I'm not worried about the rookie Tibbs minutes thing. I'm really not. Just remember, and again, I love Summer League just as much as the next person. I, I, you know what? Unfortunately, I didn't get to focus on Summer League nearly as much because, guys, you know, I had a daughter. I know Heels, you know that. So over the last few weeks. So with that, I didn't really get a chance to focus too much on Summer League. I caught it a little bit. Normally, I'm a complete addict with it. But I always have to tell myself because I'm someone that writes content, writes player profiles. I do videos. I'm a big tape watcher. I, I record a lot of games. And then I go back and I look at still frames. I love doing it part of my passion being a sports fan but I have to remind myself it's summer league and I love the flash I love seeing what I saw but it's summer league Jack and we gotta temper our expectations I'd say that's all that as true as that is I'm only gonna leave it at one thing before the draft the day before the draft I saw the Knicks are extremely interested in taking and Tom Thibodeau especially was extremely interested in Miles McBride in the first round. Not only did they get Miles McBride, they got him in the second round at 36. Not only does he look good, he looks better than quickly. In my opinion, he's a better point guard prospect than quickly is and quickly lit it up last year. So the fact that you're going to add defense, a competent jumper, and it looks like he could run the point. Uh, the Knicks just look like they're drafting better and better every year for me. And it's so good to see guys because we all suffered through the Jerome Jameses and the Eddie Curry's and trading draft picks for the next five years in a Stephon Marbury deal. And you know what, honestly, it's something that's really great to see. And because with me covering all the teams, I really try not to show any kind of bias, but I'm a real person too. And I grew up a sports fan of a specific team. So that's why I'm so thankful that you guys invite me on. So I can kind of let the, the fan feelers like essentially blossom out a little bit more. And with that, it's just good to see that this team has a plan that this team has organization has a foundation has a good coach that's focusing on defense, which is what got them to being a top four team last year and made players who a lot of people passed over and thought were scrubs made them feel like they were actual impact players. It's just great to see. And that's why I was just so frustrated about Fournier because seeing that build and wanting to see players now come to this team that's all of a sudden a draw for the first time in decades, Fournier was what they got. Then they get Kemba. Now, like I said, to bring it full circle, I feel a lot better and I'm loving the organization I'm not used to that since I was a little kid in the early nineties when I first started watching them. You know, uh, I got one last thing, Justin, you know, for me, you know, uh, just to expound on what you're saying or expand on what you're saying is that, you know, the organization is in good hands. Uh, you know, and, and it, the difference that you feel uh, when your team is progressing and building um, I know a lot of fans, you know, were a little hesitant with the running it back idea, but, you know, once they made their adjustments and that's why I didn't really comment on it, you know, when they first 
started doing what they were doing. And then they started adding a Kemba Walker and they started adding these different guys. Do you think that, you know, just to sum up, do you think that the Knicks on did the right thing by virtue pretty much running it back? Yes, they did. And here's what you have to think about when you think about guys like Julius Randle. And this is unfortunately what you have to think about when it came to Carmelo Anthony years ago. And that's how many players, whether it's one-way impact, a two-way impact, how many, how are you going to replace the player that you're getting rid of? And I think that you're put in a position with the Knicks were with Julius Randle, where you're looking down the list and you're now looking at what forwards were available. Well, Miles Turner does not turn me on at all, one bit. And you're thinking, you know, versatile forwards. And that's why I was all right with the Randall situation. With Derrick Rose, I didn't want him to be the guy. And that's something Jack touched on. And that was something that was very important to me, that if they were going to bring back Derrick Rose, that it was going to not be a crazy five-year deal. It's a three-year deal. I could live with that. But there was going to be another guard ahead of him. And they didn't have to hope that one of their prospects was able to get mountains better than they were last year they got Kemba now it makes me feel better so yes while they did run it back they added more pieces that I think will build them more offense because that was what killed them in the Atlanta series now they at least have some shooters and I'm really hoping I'm wrong about my lack of excitement for Evan Fournier well that's been another great episode on the Gotham Sports Machine thanks for coming on Justin it's been great talking basketball with you I'm always a heels guy. Heels guys, thank you so much for having me on. Anytime, Justin. You take care of that little baby and uh, and the wife and do the right thing, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, pal. Thank you, guys.